Hello, and welcome to Engage with Eagle Forum, a podcast to encourage the modern day woman in her vital role in shaping society. I'm one of your hosts, Tabitha Walter, the political director of Eagle Forum, and I'm joined by our executive director, Kirsten Hassler. Hi, everyone. In this episode, we are tackling a big issue that many families all across the nation are facing firsthand, and that is human trafficking. If you didn't know, Eagle Forum has what we, we refer to as issue chairmans on varying topics like the Equal Rights Amendment and an Article 5 convention. In October of 2020, Eagle Forum announced a new issue to take on, and that is human trafficking. Yeah, this topic has gained a lot of attention in the past few years. President Trump took a lot of steps to mitigate its reach, but a lot and a lot still needs to be done. That's why we're talking about this topic today. And to do so, we have with us Tracy Bradford. Tracy currently serves as Eagle Forum's issue chairman on human trafficking. She's a former president of Texas Eagle Forum and now serves as vice president of Christians Engaged and is on the advisory board for Promise Keepers. She is a wife of 31 years, a homeschooling mother of seven and a grandmother of two and an additional one on the way. Remember, yes. <laughs> And Tracy has been working in various capacities in the fight against human trafficking for over a decade. So thank you so much for joining us, Tracy. Thank you. It's always good to be around eagles. And I just really appreciate all that y'all do. No, oh, thank you. Well, we'd love to start our episodes with the generals before we jump into the specifics of an issue. So you are obviously very busy. You not only do you have seven kids that are, you know, mostly grown, but you have all these other projects that you're working on, like uh, Promise Keepers and being an Eagle Forum issue chairman. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved in working in your community and how that led to your connection to Eagle Forum? Um, I've always been just, I love the, the policy end of things, but I love government. So um, I'm kind of an action-oriented person. And this, honestly, the issue of human trafficking, I wouldn't have put that name to it years ago. Even as a little kid, I would, my mom would say I'd talk to her about slaves, that I felt like there was still slavery. And as I got older, um, you started seeing little bits and stories here and there. And I just knew to, I think the one other thing I love about Eagle Forum is we, um, we look at everything. We're just not one issue. You know, we just, it, whether it's fiscal issues, social issues, and I love, I, I can't just pick one thing. And so when I saw what Eagle Forum was about, I had someone invite me to a meeting and I was still at that point. I had all the kids at home and was, we homeschool. And, um, but I thought, well, what better way to put feet to what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. So I did get involved with a local uh, Dallas chapter of Eagle Forum, and I loved it because I could go after those things, um, whether it was having to do with national security and how it applied in Texas or this, the issue of human trafficking. Um, I was really never told no. And I say that because what Eagle Forum really works on is if you can, if you have an issue and you study that issue and you present that and say, hey, is this good? They're like, go for it. You know, if you want to fight for it, go for it. And so this is a home for me as far as that goes. And um, I just think that we can't, um, if you don't do something, if you just talk about it, then, you know, we can't expect change. And when it comes mm -hmm. to something like trafficking, um, it's going to take everybody paying mm -hmm. attention and being engaged. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, 
um, that was something that pulled at your heartstrings and you were just, you just became passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of times God calls us to certain things because he knows that he can use us in that specific sphere at the time. And I, I mean, human trafficking itself, like you said, it, it wasn't um, in those terms when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't always a well-known topic publicly, but, but you've been working on it for so long. How did you become familiar with the topic of human trafficking? When did you put those terms to it? I, you know, there was a group called, um, now there's, it's under Sower Seeds, but it was, a, it was from a church. There was a group of people that I knew who had gotten involved with going to India. And that was really where the, I think you would say the explosion of this came out. Mm-hmm. And they worked on a thing called Goodnight Red Light. And it was a fundraiser here where the whole point was to raise awareness and also raise money for this pastor who had worked so hard in these places in India and and down in the brothels where he had actually worked so long and so hard and was so diligent that even some of the gangs that were running uh, these brothels started to back off if he rescued someone. And so over time, actually one of the turning points when I got more involved in doing um, conventions, like in Texas, we have our precinct convention, your state convention, um, I wrote a resolution and I went to go research it online. And when we're talking 12 years ago, I couldn't find anything about how the human trafficking pertaining to the United States. And, and you knew it had to be here. Mm-hmm. There was no way it wasn't, but there was nothing. And so I went ahead and tried to come up with a resolution, went to my uh, precinct, we passed it, went all the way up. And eventually it got kind of tucked in under uh, child abuse. But that kind of set a fire going in me, like why aren't people talking about it? And then I, you know, if you um, remember when um, it was the book based off of Eric Metaxas' book, Amazing Grace. And that started to bring it more to the forefront. They, that movie was more about um, racial, you know, the Blacks. But this, that brought the subject forward. And then my son, we went to a Good Night Red Light event. And he was about 13. He's now married with almost 1.2 children. <laughs> um, but he, we watched the presentation. And to watch a young man the way it affected him and we left and he said, I don't want these tickets to a concert for his birthday. He said, I want that money to go to this and I wanna have a party where people would raise money. That was his birthday party. And it just really struck me at that point, your kids are watching you and they don't, they're, they're really, he already understands the concept. So from that point on, it was just really more for me. There are a lot of people working as you'll, we'll talk about that work in the, um, restoration end of it, the rescue end of it. Um, I and I like educating people and getting the word out there, but I also like seeing how we can help through policy. So that's kind of where my track has gone. Wow. I, I mean, I bet your mama heart was just so proud at that point. 13 years old, you said? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. How cool. All right. So can you tell us a little bit more about what you actually do as an issue chairman for human trafficking? Do you work only in efforts at the state level or else you are, or are you also involved at the national level as well? Well, I'm kind of making my way through here, but at the state level, um, we're kind of trying to figure out how we want to do this, but um, I do know other states. I I want to hear from other states and we've sent some um, 
emails out to, to I want to hear what they're doing in their states from a policy standpoint. And then in our state, we're putting together a group. So far, we've got about five or six, all ages. I really love that some of the younger people want to help. And then I've got some, some of the older people in the community that want to help. Um, and going through legislation right now, Texas right now, we're in our um, legislative session, which is only once every two years. And we have a very interesting, there's a very interesting piece of legislation that if this went, this, this would be spectacular. But um, I love the fact, again, Eagle Forum, kind of lets you not just create, well, they do, they kind of let you figure it out and create what is it you think will serve this issue best. And I do think one of the topics that's really been coming out is this uh, non-criminalization of juvenile victims. And that's something that's really got, got my heart, but I want to, I'm really trying to do all the research now and make sure it's a to me, it's a simple topic, but then when you start looking at the legalese of it, it's like, boy, we complicate things. You know, a, a child cannot be a prostitute. Mm -hmm. uh, they just can't. They don't have the means and the, we were talking a little before we came on about even age of consent, all of this. So it's not that hard, yet when you go to try to communicate that through policy and legislation, it becomes very complicated. Mm -hmm. So. That's um, so one of the tools that I, I use that I would suggest anybody that's interested is sharedhope.org and they do the best analysis of what each state has done over the years and they grade them very, very detailed. And so now being more the national chair, I can go and see, oh, this particular state's done a really great job. Montana's done a really great job. Um, but maybe in North Carolina, I'm just saying, I don't know for sure some North Carolinas don't get upset. Um, that maybe there's a hole there that some other state has some good legislation for. So that's kind of where we're tracking. That's great. Um, I, I saw where Tennessee had a huge rescue of human trafficking mm -hmm. victims. Mm -hmm. It was like close to 150, I believe. And I think stories like that really inspire people to get involved because it just seems like a huge issue when you know that there's a problem and, but when you see that there is a solution and that mm -hmm. there are victories from those kind of instances, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, there is hope. Like we can do something about that. Um, I know that it's been a huge issue in Texas. Do mm -hmm. you have any stories or um, things that have happened over the past years where um, <clears throat> it's been a problem and, and Texas has done some things to try to try to problem solve that issue? Um, our Texas Attorney General's office has done a fabulous job. When that, uh, the new Attorney General came in four or five years ago, it was, it was one of his top priorities and they have done a, a fantastic job of getting the word out, education. Um, if you ask how can people help, which we'll probably talk more at the end, you know, I refer to that, their resources on that to get your own state your own attorney general's office to get up and running with these uh, tools. One of the things that they've really wanted to work on is the prosecution of the um, traffickers, which is very low mm -hmm. and obviously keeps the victims from actually wanting to um, expose them. If they know they're not going to be convicted, now you're you're threatened, you know, you're in a threatful situation. So I would say what we have done in Texas, there has been some really strong legislation passed. Um, there has been a bipartisan, actually, I mean, nonpartisan, there's some bipartisan, but um, 
they have done such a good job of educating and reaching out and, you know, talking about stories. If people would go um, to the Texas Attorney General website for, for the human trafficking, there's a video called Be the One. And the stories shared in there, be it a small town where they had a woman living in this small town of 3,000 people, and she was basically a madam. And then we have in a very high-end um, neighborhood in Houston where six, six nice homes on a cul-de-sac, one was being used as a brothel. And here are these neighbors going, we usually only have four cars down the street. Now there's 40, 50 cars. Mm -hmm. And they here, here comes the big point. In all these cases, it was not the police that found this out first, it was a citizen. It was somebody seeing something and saying something and not being afraid to do something. Mm -hmm. And that, that's the crux of all of this is we have to take action, whether it's just educating ourselves. Um, the, the probably the one of the most disturbing stories I've heard recently was actually talking to a father who has um, work, is working on some of this legislation here in Texas where his daughter Christian family, loving family, they were all very involved. She had been groomed for almost a year. They had spotted her online. They sent a girl in at a church camp wow. to, to befriend her. She basically groomed her. And when the time came, they kidnapped her and they trafficked her. And the dad found her, but in, in eight days, she had already been trafficked and uh, tattooed. And her recovery. I mean, his that that story is incredible. Um, but here's the thing: it's real easy to say it's the foster care kids that were being trafficked, which is horrible, and we would never want that. But I'm telling parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, folks, they have found a business that is a hundred and fifty billion dollar business. You, I mean, I know y'all have heard this, but I remember the first time I even heard they were, the, 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 the drug lords were even getting into this is you can use a drug once, you use a person over and over. And this, the sickening part to me and the thing I think we really have to pay attention is the trafficking of choice is juveniles. Mm -hmm. The numbers that they found in, in, in Atlanta in one month's time, there were 7,000 requests for underage trafficked children, 7,000 in a month. Mm. I mean, it's, this is a real thing and it's very sad and it's very sad our culture is almost aiding and abetting it by blurring all the lines and mm -hmm. you know, just about every front when it comes to sex or sexuality and what we're doing to our children. We're almost normalizing it for them so that they, if they are reached out to on social media, they're not gonna be as, I, I think they're more vulnerable now. Mm -hmm. Gosh. So, I mean, what can we do as moms? You know, Tabitha and I both have young children and this is terrifying. I, I mean, I want to continue to live our lives and, you know, go Absolutely. places, but at the same time, it makes me want to just stay home and <laughs> lock all my windows and my doors. Now, you know, it, here's the thing um, I love. First of all, my answer is pray. We pray yeah. over children and, um, and talk to them. And, and uh, the thing that makes it a little harder now is um, I think my youngest is now 12, my oldest 30. So 
I think it was easier to talk to my kids because I don't think the we didn't have so much influence from and the the numbing almost of of kids with all the stuff on social media mm -hmm. and they're just they're bombarded but that's also where they're they're being um recruited TikTok, facebook i mean uh, twitter oh my lord um so we we have to have some conversations that are not maybe comfortable with our kids mm -hmm. I think we can still do it age appropriately, but I also think we have to be willing to say, this may bother you, but I need to check your phone. Mm -hmm. yeah. You may not like this, but I'm still mom and I need to check your phone. And it's not, um, you're 100% you're correct. We should not live in fear. I think we keep our eyes open. We, um, if we see something unusual, we had a situation in our neighborhood, my husband, we tease him about being the Fromeyer of the neighborhood. If any of y'all saw the movie with, it was a Christmas movie, but he called and they actually found there was a problem and it was right down our street. And we live in a nice neighborhood. We almost know, we know everybody. And so I think a lot of it is just wisdom of telling your kids, you know, you don't talk to strangers, you don't befriend people on social media. And it's hard. It's hard because they're being this, you know, a couple of these stories I've heard in Houston where they, they targeted these girls. Um, it was off of like, um, was it Snapchat? Hey, we're having a party, come on over. Well, this girl had befriended her. It was a perfect setup. So, you know, there's things that we can't control everything, but I do think, you know, praying with our kids, being, uh, talking with our kids, um, being, being eyes and ears for these things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've done things where we would bring people over to our home and bring somebody in that was this is kind of what they do you know that they they are informational people on this issue and are having to adjust as the age gets younger and as the uh, acquisition becomes easier so we would do you know for your neighborhood or do it for uh, like a homeschool group or our group of friends um the sad thing is that even with little ones we just have to keep our eyes open right yeah, I, I can tell you firsthand that my mom was always in my business and I didn't like it, but it, um, it actually saved me from a lot of harmful situations out there. And I mean, I was never, uh, I was never in the situation of being groomed or being trafficked or anything to that extreme, but just the, you know, just the issue of boys, like mm -hmm. hormones going crazy and I, I didn't understand at the time. And I, as a parent, even just of a two-year-old, I, I understand how hard it is to take something away or say no, or hurt my kid's feelings. But, yeah. but for the moms out there, just be encouraged. Like it's hard. Absolutely. And you're not going to like it at all. And your kid's not going to like it, but be involved. It, it makes a huge difference in their life. Well, you're spot on and as somebody on kind of the other side now with the grown children coming back saying you know thank you you know it is hard we won't be their friends you're not here to be their friends you're here to train and protect and and nurture them and equip them and so I will you know it is hard it's hard when they're two and you're taking something away and they look like how can you do this to me but as they get older they will come back they will come back okay. and tell you thank you so right 
All right. So um, we've talked a little bit about, you know, the scary stuff of human trafficking. Let's talk about some good news. What have been some of the wins that you've had this past year in terms of your role as issue chairman for on human trafficking? I think now that there are so many people willing to hear this news. Mm. I, I have come across people in other countries discussing just odd. I told my husband I was on YouTube looking for some recipe and I come across some guy in England referring to some issues in Texas that we had been working on. And I'm like, okay, how does that happen? But I think, I think more and more people understand this is a problem. I also think that more people are going to start to make the connection that what we are trying to do in our culture by completely undoing boundaries whether that be on sexuality, gender, all of this, that these are children. And what we are putting on our children is actually sickening and abusive, I think. And, and to have the opportunity to let children be children, to see people get educated on these issues and understand it's real, because quite frankly, 10 years ago, maybe more like 15 years ago, this would be almost conspiracy theory stuff, mm -hmm. right? But now we can have people share their testimonies. The father who went and fought and found his daughter. Um, there's another man who um, I'd love to share this. So it's called Contra, I wrote this down so I get ContraLandMovie.com. And it is a movie they put together. They were working, um, there was a, a, it was a setup basically in Utah where they put an ad in the paper where people were coming because they wanted to have a mom and daughter, underage daughter. And when these people showed up and were arrested, we're talking the old grandpa type, the, the church, young church, uh, church leader. Type. I mean, it runs the gamut. So you can't look at somebody and go, oh, that's a person who would be involved in that. And I think this, this is another example of these, these movies and these documentaries coming out that, that help really explain the breadth of all this but you see the victories and you see the wins and you see people working together. They worked with a district attorney there who would go with them and say, he's crossed the line. What he has said, we can use, go. You know, that, that honestly is a big step because we're trying to get in Texas where we can see the attorney general come in and prosecute more cases when district attorneys refuse mm -hmm. or can't, well, write a refusal, right. but. I think there's there, I love the fact you ask, ask about the good because I think, um, again, one thing about Eagle Forum, it was never, it's never about just dumping all this out here and going, oh my gosh, it's all so terrible. What can we do? <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, one thing I've even, uh, in, in working with Promise Keepers, it's like to have men step up on the plate to this issue. You know, um, it's one thing for women, but to have men and women sit, sit down and testify in a committee and say, this is not okay. This needs to change. And I, again, I think to see people working across the aisles to do something, I think President Trump did, um, from what I recall, it was one of the most sweeping um, bills and what he did compared to the, the three or four before him. So there is some progress being made. I think the, the issue with the juvenile um, criminalization. I think we need to be have a better understanding of that. And that is an area we really do need to play, pay attention to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what advice do you have for our listeners if they want to get connected with this effort that you're leading? Well, we'd love to have them involved through Eagle Forum. Mm -hmm. 
and in their state and maybe they can start something in their state you know um again i would say go check out see what your attorney general is doing in their state you know that's one thing um there's some really great groups that are in every state there's um we did an event with our attorney general here and ended up with a hundred different groups just from the dfw area Wow. Again, restoration, they're, they're across the board. There's, um, we'd love to have you sign up, like I said, with Eagle Forum in your state and maybe find a, the, the state chapter, see what they're doing. Um, I would also say, again, go to, um, you can go to our Texas Attorney General online uh, to see what their video is free. It's a 50 minute video. It's a training video that you can share. Um, sharedhope.org, if you're really wanting to get involved, um, go read about your state. They have so much information there. They have so much information on this non-criminalization of juveniles. And then you have that information and you can find an Eagle Forum, Forum chapter or reach out to us. You can reach out to me nationally. We can help plug you into somebody that's in your state. I'd love, we'd love to do that. I mean, there's really, there's endless opportunities. It's, mm -hmm. it's very exciting to see people's creativity and, and especially on the restoration end. Yeah, sometimes, it, you know, I, I think for a lot of people, it's overwhelming even where to get involved in something that's this big of an issue. So it's nice that um, there are already organizations and you, like you said, attorney generals out there who have taken this on as a priority. So it's a lot easier to get involved than it was when you were starting Absolutely, out. absolutely. Yeah. And again, we you know, the thing about Eagle Forum is there's somebody that that's really on their heart and they can check with their state and they can make a bit, I mean, they can make a huge difference in their state because you get, Eagle Forum has such a, there's, there's already the groundwork and the, the reputation. And I think it's so important because of women, because that's what Eagle Forum, you know, we're conservative women and, you know, we should be in on this issue. And I'm so grateful that we are. And I'm so thankful that if people do want to get involved, um, I know that we would love to help them. Um, there's, like I said, there's so many ways to be involved. Yeah. And if you're looking for a, a really great testimony of someone who was human trafficked and how it affected their family. We did an episode with Kelly and Courtney Litvak mm -hmm. back in 2020. Um, and about their organization called Childproof America. It's a very powerful episode. Uh, so if you are looking to just, you know, you're looking for, for kind of like a definition of what human trafficking even is, we would refer you back to that episode and we'll be sure to post it in our show notes as well. That's uh, testimonies always, when you hear that, you can't, you can't argue, you know? And mm -hmm. when you think about the power in someone coming forward and sharing their story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, for, Tracy, for joining us and giving us a glimpse into what drives you to what you do, um, which is, you know, beyond a policy, beyond the day-to-day -day grind, you, you're also a wonderful mother and have so much insight into being a mom. So we appreciate that part about you too. <laughs> well, thank you. That's my favorite job. <laughs> that's not even a job. That's just, that's the best. Y'all know, y'all know, young moms, right. bless y'all. Yeah. If you are listening to our podcast, be sure to subscribe, share with your friends, and leave us a review. You can find us on all the major social media outlets and at engagewitheagleform.com. From your house to the state house to the White House, this is Engage with Eagle Form. Mm -hmm.